tactics, particularly on the right, more material to work with. Um, your redacted emails with Mark Zuckerberg have added fuel to the fire. Representatives Jim Jordan and James Comer and Senator Marsha Blackburn have alleged that you worked with Facebook to censor speech. You're just laughing at me, right? No, no. The, re- the reason I'm laughing, Karen, because every single one of those emails can be explained in a way that is perfectly normal, perfectly innocent, and completely above board. What, were you trying to get help with your Instagram? What was happening? No, no. Well, you know, I don't know who redacted that. When people ask for my emails, I don't look through my emails and say, okay, I'll give you this one and redact this. It's completely out of my control. So you want to know what the email was really about? Hey, big scoop here. We're going to go. Mark said, hey, is there anything that we can do to help out to get the messages out, the right public health messages? I have a very important medium here in Facebook. Can I help? And as a matter of fact, if you guys don't have enough resources and money to do some of the things you want, just let us know. It was about as friendly and innocent an email as you could possibly imagine. So not about whether to censor speech related to COVID, anything else? Oh, absolutely, 100%. And any thought of that is total conspiracy theory and total flight of fantasy. Did you sense that these emails were going to be released before they were published? Uh, uh, well, a few things to unpack there. But welcome to the National Pulse. It's Monday, June the 21st, the year of our Lord, 2021. Broadcasting from what looks like it's going to be a torrentially flooded Capitol Hill very shortly. And you've got, I was going to say, you've got in the war room, (laughs) but this is not the war room. This is the real war room. This is the the war room behind the war room. You've got Raheem Kassam. You've got Natalie Winter. You know you've got Natalie Winters when all you hear is the giggle to start off the show. I've had some complaints about your giggling, by the way. Oh, no. I know. I will try not to laugh. <laughs> you can laugh as much as you want. It's no skin off my nose. Let's talk about um, Old Man Shouts at Cloud right which There's is so many possibilities which is dr anthony fauci you know my emails i give the emails i don't look at the emails you know they give they get you get what i get given he's nuts and he's he's bonkers because in this latest interview with kara swisher the, the sway the sway the sway i've never heard of this but the sway apparently is some big tech big big tech podcast um it's big in big tech um Kara Swisher? Yes. Who has interviewed Mark Zuckerberg a number of times, by the way, I checked, and who calls Mark Zuckerberg Mark. And you heard there Dr. Anthony Fauci calling Mark Zuckerberg Mark. Just saying, first name terms here. That's the that's the reading between the lines, ladies and gentlemen. Um, where, where to start with this? Because... Let's let's save the big the big piece for a moment, Natalie. Let's let's get into a little bit of around here. Firstly, what is a flight of fantasy? <laughs> right? I don't even know what the, the big piece is. It's it's all big. It's all really bad. It is all really bad. Okay, so give me your give me your impressions of this because we, this podcast comes out this morning. Fauci's now going to kind of third tier uh, hyper niche industry podcasts. And by the way, you're more than welcome, <laughs> Dr. Fauci. Speaking of third tier hyper industry specific podcasts. <laughs> <Fourth tier. laughs> um, 
No, I, I, I think we should invite him on because if his performance on the sway um, is anything as a, as a, as a kind of bar on this stuff, he's going to do particularly badly up against, uh, up against Ms. Winters over here. So, Ms. Winters. Yes. He's talking about how these emails that were released by these, I think it was BuzzFeed and who was the other one? Washington, Washington Post. Washington Post, yeah. They're still in business. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so BuzzFeed Washington Post put out these, well, they shouldn't be. BuzzFeed Washington Post uh, put Q- out these Q-Sap's emails. QSAP's been paying them well. Yeah, well, it's, that's actually true. <laughs> Literally. Um, what is that? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, and there are a bunch of redacted parts of these emails. So Fauci, in in you know transparent Fauci manner, goes on to this hyper niche industry podcast to be like, no, listen, everything in those emails is is fully explainable. It was super polite and real sweet of Mark to reach out. But what does he say there? He says, listen, in his own words, that's not me saying it. It's not Natalie saying it. Doctor Fauci, in his own words, says Mark Zuckerberg reached out to him to offer money and resources. So here's the deal. I'm going to go with a wad of cash to a government official and I'm going to say, hey, by the way, wink, wink, if you don't need, if you don't have all the money and resources you need, I've got this wallet, I've got this, you know, brown envelope full of cash for you. Would you be interested in in this? And if, if Mueller or somebody doesn't swoop in at that point and, and accuse me of bribery uh, and, and, and put me in handcuffs, um, then frankly, something is, 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 is dreadfully the matter. And here's why it's important. Because at this very same time that Mark, we'll call him, was doing that with, with Fauci, he was also doing that with Democratic-run districts all around the country, doing the same thing. Bundles of cash in exchange for doing things his way. It just so happened to be the election on the other side of things. These two big... Uh, convergent points once again are coming together. What happened on November 3rd and what happened at the outset of the pandemic? Natalie? Well, I think if you you set aside the the various hardcore left-wing kind of Soros-esque causes that the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative has supported, which is clear-cut evidence that the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative is not bipartisan, not independent, not apolitical, which they purport to be, and just focus on their role in the whole kind of Wuhan scandal and the election, uh, as you say, there, there really is a convergence in the sense that you have Mark Zuckerberg and specifically the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative plowing, I mean, millions of dollars into a foundation whose sole purpose was to turn out the vote specifically for Joe Biden. Of course, I think we've done reporting on how one of the senior advisors at the Center for Tech and Civic Life is now actually an advisor to Joe Biden in the White House. But of course, there's no conspiracies in politics. So when you kind of see this very suspicious grant making process coming from the Chan Zuckerberg initiative with regards to elections and electioneering, I think that you can kind of cross apply that logic to really what he was trying to achieve with the NIAID and specifically the NIH. I think people may remember 
I think this was uh, during during one of our shows where we had Phil Klein on, mm. and he was talking about the clawback clauses that they had placed on these grants from the Center right. for Tech and Civic Life. And sure, maybe at the time that story, you know, kind of lost in a firestorm of all these horrible things that the Center for Tech and Civic Life, funded by the Zuckerberg Foundation, was doing. But I think that that really shows you the mindset and the mentality behind the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. That's also why they're plowing so much money into these lobbying organizations and into these kind of so-called grassroots think tank type groups in Washington, D.C., because the money that they give, it's not for altruistic causes. It's not because Mark Zuckerberg wants a better response to COVID-19. We just call him Mark. Mark wants a better response to COVID-19 or wants to figure out where the virus came from. His platform helped uh, wonderfully in that, if you can not tell I'm being sarcastic, but I think that the the grants... It's a great, it's a, that's great <laughs> deployment of sarcasm when you, when you have to spell it out. Well, I think I always speak so seriously. It's, People might not, not. Yeah, that's, that's just yeah. I get I get loads of complaints <laughs> that you're too serious. I've gotten those complaints, <laughs> but but just just to wrap up, and I think that kind of just laying a marker down here, I think this will become more relevant. Um, really, even I think in the next few months, mm. remember this whole debate that we're having about gain of function research, which is, of course, the weaponization of the transmissibility and lethality of certain viruses and pathogens. Mm-hmm. That's only with respect to government funding and government bans on that type of research. There's a video of Fauci speaking at a conference from a couple of years ago, and he kind of jokes and he says, oh, well, you know, what we're talking about here, it's only about government funded because the private sector, they could do whatever they want. The private sector can fund any kind of research. So we're just talking about research funded by the NIH or my NIAID. So I think that as you start to see as we continue to kind of move on from COVID-19, though we definitely won't be moving on, we're going to get to the bottom of where the virus came from and maybe gain of function research, maybe people kind of start doing it again. I think that there will be a lot of controversy over the government funding it. But I think that talking about private funding of gain-of-function research, even collaboration with the Chinese Communist Party on scientific research, it might be too hot for uh, you know the NIH or the NIAID to do, even though that's been their modus operandi for over five years, which we have a story up about that today. But I think that you're going to see these private foundations in the style of Zuckerberg, heck, I'd even say maybe Open Society Foundation, you never know, start playing plowing money uh, into scientific collaboration with the Chinese Communist Party and kind of privately or secretly bankrolling potentially gain-of-function studies. I want to bring to people's attentions that in the last um, couple of weeks, what have our podcasts been named? One was um, All Roads Lead to Zuck, and the other was Fauci Talks Bollocks. And in today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to bring you a convergence of those two episodes because, and, and here's the thing, it's not like we're holding information and then proving, you know, saying a little nugget and then proving that we're right by dropping the second part. No, we, I mean, besides me being slow sometimes. We, and me writing uh, incoherently. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Um, okay. <laughs> um we put out as much as we can, as, as as soon as we can, as often as we can, as quickly as we can. Um, and, and then we kind of just wait for the world to catch up with us. Wait for the sway. <laughs> right, wait for the sway. <laughs> and the sway is now proving us right again. Because when these emails came out, you know, a lot of people were talking about, oh, you know, is this is this Zuckerberg offering to censor things? He doesn't need to offer that to Fauci. He does that anyway, right? And we know he does that anyway because we're victims of it, 
Um, in the past week, we have been censored from Facebook but for reporting on somebody who took money from Mark, right? And now you're, you've got the same thing going on again. It's become abundantly clear. A- a- any and every... And, and we haven't even got into the question yet as to, did, did money actually go? Yeah. You know, did money go to the NIH? Did money go to the NIAID? Did money go to somewhere else that Fauci gave a nudge to Mark over and said, actually, you know, I can't take your money because I'm a government official. But, oh, I don't know. I've got a mate. His name rhymes with Meter Mashak. You know, and he runs something that rhymes with the Mecco Melth Alliance. <laughs> Do that with Ralph Barrett. <laughs> um, and, and who knows? Who knows, right? So, so... Well, Natalie Winters will know very soon because I'm not going to be, I think, breaking news to anyone by suggesting that you might be looking into where these grants from from the Zuckerberg Chan Foundation have actually ended up. But who's to say that they're even accurately or honestly reporting every grant that they give out? You know, when you're when you're Mark and you've got an army of lawyers in Washington, D.C. And fact checkers. And fact checkers in Belgium (laughs) and an army of lobbyists, which he does. And you sponsor, what is he? He sponsors Axios. He sponsors Politico. Um, There's a whole bunch of other DC publications that are sponsored by Facebook. When you basically own all of these different people around the city, um, then you don't really have to worry about being honest in your declarations. Because who's going to look into it? That 20-year-old girl who works over there in that basement on Capitol Hill. Well, you know, we're not really worried about that. I mean, that would be Mark's approach to the situation. But let me tell you, Mark, if you're listening, or one of Mark's you know, staff, his PR people, who may pick his name up in a, in a, in a transcript of this on some, on some website. So you should be worried. You should be worried because you should look to the reputations of every single person that we have assailed so far on this whole, across this whole thing. And that takes me to, to Mr. Dashik. <laughs> what was that? You got, there's no cameras in here. You can't just make a face. <laughs> I just, I, we were so right on Peter Dashik. Well, so let's, let's, scoop yourself here okay. let's 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 spike your own story talk a little bit about what you found what some some publications are now publishing you don't have to go through the whole thing but give us a flavor as to what's happening to peter dashik right now okay so to reset very quickly we uncovered whether it was financial links personnel links collaborative research links between peter dashak and the chinese communist party whether it was through the wuhan institute of virology or how he had been participating in chinese state-run conferences as their keynote speakers even hosting conferences so this guy was you know radioactive in terms of his chinese communist party compromise and people might also remember his name those that maybe heard about him uh, independent of the national pulse because he really spearheaded a statement in the Lancet Journal. This was in the early days of COVID-19, where essentially all the scientists involved, they prematurely debunked the lab leak theory. They were said, there's no chance it came from nature. It came from, you know, a bat and bat soup in the wet market. Basically, that was what they said. Right. And now, just today, interesting timing, just after we linked one of the stu- uh, the entities that had been funding Peter Doshak to the Chinese military, mm-hmm. uh, the Lancet puts out a statement and they say, it's kind of a, a CYA, uh, mm-hmm. basically saying we should have disclosed the conflicts of interest better, primarily, well, actually not better, just at all, um, but primarily coming from Peter Doshak. And again, I think we did a podcast a few episodes back where I was talking about Peter Doshak very quickly and you told me to slow down. Yep. 
And I will try to be very slow, but why Peter Doshak is so confusing. The only reason I tell you to slow down, by the way, is because you've now got this audience trying to listen to you in two and a half times yes. speed. So you have to you have to speak at normal time speed for that to work. No, but I'd wager that. Otherwise, it's just a chipmunk. <laughs> that Peter Doshak, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the speed. It's because he's played so many different yeah. roles in this pandemic that it, it doesn't logically make sense for someone who like was working with the organization that is under fire for potentially creating it. Also working at the organization that potentially funneled the taxpayer dollars to the Wuhan lab, then also serving apparently according to the Lancet, not as an, a member of EcoHealth, but just in an individual capacity, also on the World Health Organization's COVID investigation team. Mm -hmm. And then he's also on the media or doing mainstream media rounds, and they just say he's a scientist in the Chiron. So it's kind of like he's so many different people, but then he's just one kind of underwhelming guy. But uh, Wow. <laughs> wow. What do you find underwhelming about him? I thought his response to uh, the Daily Mail photographers who came to his house, that that was very bad. He just told them, like, you're not allowed to be here. You need to go. <laughs> I just think that that was, that, like, I would have expected something more. Well, and then he called the police. Yeah, but that's so lame. No, I know that's lame, yeah. you, you, but I'm saying you missed the punchline. Yeah, he, a public figure called the police because a reporter was asking him questions. He just, but he also just, like, sits on his terrace, and they have pictures of him calling the police from his terrace. Anyways, but that's besides the point. Point being, Peter Doshak, in response to The Lancet, probably more likely The Lancet's lawyer, saying we need to do something about this statement, Yeah, um, he gives a... Well, that's the signal right there. I mean, if yes. you're the Lancet, you don't you don't post an addendum of competing interests onto Peter Dashik's profile yes. page unless your lawyers have come to you and been like, um, we're going to have to tidy something up right here. And especially in this ecosystem where, you know, in the words of Peter Dashak and Anthony Fauci, anything they say is used against them and weaponized and scrutinized. <laughs> so you know the fact that Peter Dashak, and I encourage, I think we'll have it up on the site soon as a breaking, yeah. but um, the statement By the way, that this is a this is a a two and a half billion dollar company, Elsevier, that owns the Lancet. So they know what they're doing. Yes, but the statement that he puts out, really disclosing all of his conflicts of interest, is so long. I've read a lot of scientific papers over the last few months and trying to kind of trace where money and the and the cash flows with regards to the Wuhan Institute of Virology and Fauci's NIAID, and I have never ever seen a, a disclosure of, of conflict of interest this long, even anything a quarter of this length. Um, but he talks about, I mean, it's very funny. You can kind of see him covering up for all the areas that people accused him of having conflicts right. of interest. And in one sentence, he's like, I've never received money from the Chinese government. And then two sentences later, he's like, but I've worked with the Chinese government on certain <laughs> studies. And then he says, you know, oh, basically the subtext when he starts explaining the type of research that he, that he does, he euphemized as it is, oh, well, we are just, you know, gathering coronavirus strains. It wasn't gain of function because, mm. you know, the World Health Organization told us so. Um, I mean, and I would love to do and probably, frankly, well, uh, kind of line by line debunking the claims that he made. But I think it's just very important to note that even though Peter Doshak says he never received Chinese Communist Party money to carry out these studies, 
that's kind of, I think, a similar, I would say, fallacy that, that Fauci used when he was being questioned by Peter Doshak. Or sorry, not Peter Doshak, by Rand Paul. I wish, I wish. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Peter Doshak did question Fauci once at an EcoHealth event in 2016 when they were doing a screening. Of yeah, the, of the questions movie. were, can I get you a drink? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need more ice? Can you give uh, me more money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Money and resources. Yeah. But just like Fauci says, oh, well, we didn't fund the Chinese Communist Party's Wuhan Institute of Virology because we funded EcoHealth Alliance. It's like Peter Doshak saying, well, I never took money from the Chinese Communist Party because the study that I did with the Chinese Communist Party funded researcher, well, that money just went to her. So it's mm. kind of interesting. I think the convergence between their lies are really omissions of, of truth there. Um, but Peter Doshak, it's too late. You can't rewrite history. We know that you are totally compromised by the Chinese <laughs> Communist Party. Well, the thing is that the, the answer is trying to rewrite history right now, right? Yeah. It's trying to rewrite it for itself, at least. I mean, I misspake a little bit there as well. Um the Lancet is owned by Elsevier. Elsevier is a $2.5 billion a year company. That is in turn then owned by Relics, which is a $7.1 billion a year company. You know how many employees uh, Elsevier has? More than EcoHealth Alliance? Well, just take a guess. How many how many employees at this, at this publishing house that publishes The Lancet, as well as a bunch of other things? Um, 700. Uh, it's 8,100. Oh, that would wow. be eight thousand one hundred employees. How many employees does Relics have? It's 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 you know parent firm. Sixteen. That was a bad guess. Sixteen thousand. Thirty three thousand wow. two hundred. Where are these people? Right. I mean, who are these people? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. What? How many employees does the National Pulse have? <laughs> two. One. Two. I guess. Two. We need one of them to whistle blow. What National Pulse employees? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we don't need one of them to whistleblow. In fact, I'll, I'll be the this whistleblower. Is, this is just a whistleblower podcast. This is the whistleblower podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, you know, make sure you go and you check out on the nationalpulse.com when we when we put that story up with this whole like I didn't want to call it a mere culpa, but it's a mere maybe culpa from from the Lancet here, and it's 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 definitely a CYA exercise. It's definitely come from their legal team, and it's definitely aimed at. Uh, distancing themselves from endorsing the work of Peter Daszak. Now, I, I hate to, I hate to sort of brag on our work like this, but we were talking about this, I mean, months and months and months and months and months ago, and people said, uh, "What are you talking about? This like loser English guy who went to a you know fiftieth tier university to get this trash uh, degree, hundred sixteenth tier, yeah, hundred sixteenth <laughs> university out of one hundred and thirty. You're right. That's exactly right. Um, and and you know why are you talking about him? And 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 this is why, right? Because if you if you make sure you keep chipping away. Because, look, I, I don't want people to mistake what we do here. We do the news. We do the truth. That's what we publish every day. And, and you know we publish that every day because guess what? Unlike the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of these other rags that have to put out a page of corrections every day, we do not have to put out a page of corrections every day. Uh, we are not sued every day. I'm not in court defending against a Project Veritas lawsuit or the left-wing equivalent because, sorry, nor the left-wing equivalent. That's the only correction I'll make. Because, because, well, grammar grammatical corrections matter yes. okay um because everything we do is and and you know this natalie from the way i go through your copy and i check every link and i check every you know s bit of spelling and sure do, do, do spelling errors get through sometimes yes but the point is this um everything we do is is hyper truth all the time and everything that fauci seems to do changes almost constantly 
And that brings us back to the podcast. Because there are still other clips that we want to play for you guys. There are still other things that you need to know. Uh, uh, that, that he said on, what was this podcast called again? The Sway. The Sway. The Sway. So, barring anything else to add to all of that, can we continue with our, um, with our analysis of The Sway? Yes. All right, fine. I hope you've sent these in order. We'll yes. see. <laughs> so that is the reason why I changed my mind. So... The people who are giving the ad hominems are saying, ah, Fauci misled us. First he said no mask, then he said mask. Well, let me give you a flash. That's the way science works. You work with the data you have at the time. It is essential as a scientist that you evolve your opinion and your recommendations based on the data as it evolves. That is the nature of of science. It is a self-correcting process. And that's the reason why I say people who then criticize me about that are actually criticizing science. It was not a change because I felt like flip-flopping. It was a change because the evidence changed. The data changed. The pronunciation of ad hominem changed. (laughs) (laughs) They they accuse me of ad hominems. This guy... I'm beginning to think maybe we've been punked here. Do you know what punked is? Yeah. Okay. Like duped? Yeah, but do you know where that comes from? Uh, no. So why do you think... Well, where do you, oh, I just thought you were using it as a, as a verb. It's Ashton like, Kutcher. Oh. You remember he had an MTV show in the early 2000s called Punked? Uh, I don't remember that. <laughs> you wouldn't remember that. Yeah. Um, but I think we've been punked. This can't be the real chief medical officer of the United States. This can't be Dr. Fauci. Because it doesn't, what he's saying doesn't make sense. So let's, let's just real quick, actually, we don't need to spend that much time talking about masks again. But we do need to spend a little bit of time talking about something I said a couple of weeks ago. How much money has been spent on pandemic preparedness over decades? Hundreds of billions of dollars, right? If not more, hundreds of billions of dollars. You're telling me, Fouch, that you only just discovered that masks did work several months into a pandemic. I mean, what were you doing in terms of pandemic preparedness before that? No, seriously. Because he goes, he goes, oh, well, you know, one of the reasons was, you know, we didn't really know, and then the science changed, so my opinions change along with it. By the way, that's not science, that's everything, okay? That's the world. When it starts raining, you put an umbrella up. I'm not doing science in that moment, okay? Um... But he also says, remember, he made the excuse that the reason... Look at me when I'm talking to you. The, the reason... <laughs> the re, I'm giving you a lecture here. The reason... I'm in science class. Yeah. The reason that he had to lie to the public was that the health professionals might not have got the masks they needed right at the beginning if ordinary people were going out and buying them, Right. Right? Yes. So which one is it? Is it that he knew they worked and that the health professionals needed them, or he didn't know they worked and only knew they worked after the science changed, after the studies proved it? Because it can't be both things. When it's both things, it sounds like an excuse. It's like when you get caught doing something you shouldn't be doing, and then you just offer up every possible excuse, and it's actually the cover-up that catches you out. And that's what's happening here. So three things just on the, off the bat. Number one, where is your pandemic preparedness? That you've told us about for decades and decades. Number two, was it the, the health 
you know, the carers needed the masks, or was it that you didn't know the masks worked or not? And that's point three. And the last point of all of this, Natalie, is something I said on the war room this morning, on Monday morning, June the 21st, and I want to keep coming back to this point. If, if, if it is true, if it can be proven that Fauci really did believe that ordinary people were going to hoard masks if he went up in front of the American public and said the healthcare professionals need the masks, then what a low, low opinion he has of the American public to think that they would go, oh, well, no, screw the carers in the nursing homes and screw the hospital workers and screw the doctors, screw the nurses. I'm having 10 masks at home that we don't even know work or not, right? That's what he's alleging. This proves that he is not just low in in scientific character. He is low in moral character. He does not have the belief in his own, supposedly his fellow citizens, that if he went to a microphone and said, listen, the reason you shouldn't be buying masks isn't that they don't work, but it's that other people need them. And he thinks people would have just gone, eh, screw that, I'm going to buy them anyway. I just think that speaks to some of the worst instincts and by the way since when was it okay for a government government official to say oh well we lied to you because because you wouldn't have listened to us if we told you the truth how's i mean isn't that what the washington post changed its strap line to democracy dies in darkness for ostensibly isn't that what we were told you know how many how many lies did donald trump tell per the washington post right it was they they totaled it up 53,295 or something like that over the course of four years most of them by the way being like oh he had three scoops of ice cream not two that day right but this is what they've claimed for so long this is what the left who covers up for him every day who covers up for fauci claim they say government officials need you need to speak truth to power you know you need to stop the lies you need to stop the misinformation fauci's on record here saying he provided misinformation and disinformation willfully to the american public i i don't know why you're uninterested in this but it's so natalie i'm I'm looking at you but it's so it's look i understand that you do you do the news and you're looking at the data and the documents and everything but this moral purpose and this moral character matters and these these kind of rhetorical points around this whole thing is how you're gonna hang fauci on his own words metaphorically metaphorically over to you <laughs> i feel like you summed that clip up well i'm just saying like am i wrong am i am i just saying things that everybody knows already because i feel like we haven't really even seen that whole piece written or i'll have that whole debate out on wait this government official just admitted he lied he lied because he doesn't think well of the american people he said he lied despite having trillions to spend on pandemic preparedness and now he's going out there and saying well i did kind of lie and i did kind of not lie that's like that's not just a firing offense that's like put him in the stocks and throw bananas at him right and eggs metaphorically (laughs) um i I, i'm just i'm stunned by it i'm outraged by it i honestly am i don't i don't do this kind of boomer outrage very often but i'm genuinely outraged by that i think i think not only should he be fired not only should he stand trial frankly uh, for the number of lives that have been lost as a result of all the other things, by the way, the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin and all of that stuff, people whose lives could have been saved if Fauci hadn't been saving the emergency use authorization for his buddies in the big pharmaceutical industry, right? But I also think he should be, he, he should have to pay. He should have to pay every single cent he has ever earned from the federal government back to the American taxpayer with interest. 
fact i just think that's where we are now and i think that's where we need to be you know that's where we need to be representing our points is that no it's not fire fauci it's prosecute fauci it's it's demand reparations from fauci am i wrong am i nuts no, you're. I'm letting you talk. <laughs> no, well, that's, so thank right. you. Thank you. <laughs> Not that you need to let you talk, but no, that's why I'm sitting here just absorbing what you're saying. Is like Fauci is like Hitler. Fauci has blood on his hands. Are you kidding me? I mean, anybody who is just thinking about this in a dispassionate way has got to say, what the heck are those people talking about? Here's a guy whose entire life has been devoted to saving lives, and now you're telling me he's like Hitler. You know, come on, folks, get real. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, right? folks. Come on, folks, get real, get real. That's that's Mr. Fauci. I'm not going to call him Dr. Fauci anymore. Done. He's not a doctor. He's a fraud. <laughs> He's a fraud. Yeah. He's not a doctor. No doctor, no real doctor behaves like that. Mr. Fauci, that's the new one. We call him Mr. Fauci on the website from now on, okay? Editorial note, Mr. Fauci. Okay. Maybe not even Mr. <laughs> they them Fauci. <laughs> no, no, MX Fauci. Yeah, Mux Fauci. Um, <laughs> what did he just say? I just, he, just Hitler. Yeah, he's he's now okay. So he goes. He says, "Get real, get real." A minute after he admits that he's he's been lying to people, then he wants people to get real. The 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 cognitive dissonance. Maybe he's unwell. I don't know. But the cognitive dissonance that just flies out that man's mouth every time he speaks, it's, it's pure CYA all the time, all the time. It's all he's interested in now is covering his own backside, right? Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you've just been going on great rants. I don't want to get in the way. You can clip him for Twitter. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so... I'm so Outraged isn't even the word, right? It's worse. I'm, I'm, what am I? Um, I'm apoplectic. I'm apoplectic. You should see him. He's like bouncing off the oh, walls. Yeah, I'm red. I'm sweating. <laughs> He's standing up. <laughs> I'm not standing up yet. Start throwing things around the room in a moment. So he's upset. That he's being called Hitler, you know, hyperbole by somebody on the internet, right? Doesn't seem to spend a lot of time talking about the lives that he, believe me, he knows could have been saved had he done things differently. Doesn't seem to get upset about those things at all. Uh, he's he's talking about, oh, uh, I just remembered the Fauci squeak because I nearly did it myself. Uh, <laughs> But he's talking about his life's work, right? He invoked his life's work there. Can we take a minute to remind ourselves about his life's work? What Larry Kramer had to say about his life's work? What other doctors around the world have had to say about his life's work? What his, you know, associations with other frauds like, like Tedros, right? Talk about, let's talk about their life's work. Let's talk about Ralph Barrick's life's work. Let's talk about Xi Jinping's life's work. Because all of these people... All of these people run in the same circles. They go to the same conferences. They take money from the same sources. They are one unit. Let's talk. If you really want to talk, Mr. Fauci, about your life's work, let's talk about your life's work. Because the historical record shows that you actually have caused more suffering, more death, more damage, more destruction 
more hurt, more hatred, more disease. What about that lady who went on C-SPAN? Mm-hmm. What, what did she say? Was it 2011, I think? From I think maybe even earlier. Maybe 2008. Yeah, something yeah. like that. From uh, Durham, North Carolina, which is very close to UNC oh, Chapel Hill. Yeah, I was and there recently. she called for his resignation because she said his communication skills with regards to, I think, the dosing of certain antivirals was creating a crisis in the U.S. of creating more resistant strains of certain diseases. And I think that we're kind of, even though it's a different virus and, you know, obviously Fauci was anti-hydroxychloroquine, right. uh, you're seeing kind of a, a similar issue with regards to the communication aspect. And I just think that, frankly, when you hear him go on this podcast, and I recommend people listen to this podcast in full. It's not very long. Uh, you can skip through the Huawei advertisement um, in, the, in the middle. Is it? Oh, you can play it. It's, it's clip three. It's- this podcast is supported by Huawei Technologies USA. The COVID-19 pandemic has shown that connectivity is more important today than That's ever before. This podcast. <laughs> Whether you're learning online, working remotely, or just want to talk to family and friends. Okay, I've had enough of that. So... The podcast that he goes on to to play more CYA is actually sponsored by a Chinese Communist Party asset. Yes, according to the Department of Defense, they've been collaborating. Yeah, I'm not calling Huawei for over two decades. I'm I'm quoting the government of the United States, which Fauci wants us to trust. Yes, at every juncture. So I'm just I'm just using Fauci's science. Mm -hmm. Well, I think. What I what I was saying before that lovely Sorry. Huawei advertisement. <laughs> um, what are they doing? I'm going like, to get in such trouble, by the way, with the audience for talking over you. I'm going <laughs> to no, get in such trouble. No, no, no. You you do the uh, analysis better. I just like saying Chinese Communist Party, <laughs> um, but not not to go too opinionated, but and not not to attack science. And I don't mean si- I mean actual science, not Dr. Fauci's version of science, but Mr. Fauci. Mr. Mix Fauci. But mm-hmm. I think that a lot of these scientists that we've kind of seen rear their ugly heads throughout this pandemic, whether it's Peter Doshak, Ralph Barrick, Fauci, really anyone who's been involved in the, in the cover-up of COVID-19's origins, there's kind of this common refrain, and it, sometimes it's explicit and sometimes it's subtle. But I th- And I think it's kind of similar even like when Hillary Clinton called Trump supporters deplorables. But it's kind of like these scientist types are just standing up there at their podium. And because, yeah, they know more, I guess, than we do, right? They went to medical school, some of them. They have their PhDs. But they're just kind of, they look down on us in the sense that I think Fauci and Ralph Barrick and Peter Doshak think that they can stand up there and just say big scientific words and kind of get away with it. And I think that now... <laughs> Sorry, it's actually Steve texting me. Oh, yeah. No, I'll tell you what he was saying. He texted me kaboom, um, the word kaboom, (laughs) because I just texted him a bit of breaking news here. Um, The Arizona House just voted 31 to 29 to pass a bill requiring signature verification for all ballots. Oh, wow. Pretty big news. Congratulations to Arizona. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd say so. (laughs) Continue. Well, no, I I think what I was... They say big words. Yes. What I was just saying is that a lot of this, and it's a certain type of scientific class, I think they seem to be those that are in business with the Chinese Communist Party, but it's just like the Peter Doshak mindset where they think they can say things that aren't true and get away with it because they think that they're smarter than us. Right. And it's kind of that same mentality. I think of the Mark Zuckerberg, just, it's not just the, it's not just the global elite, but it's just people who every kind of, every asset every aspect of American infrastructure, whether it's social media, the mainstream media, the fact-checking outlets, even the government, they just know that they'll cover for them. So right. they know that they can kind of say whatever they want 
And, and if they have to issue a statement correcting what they said a year ago, yeah, it's not great, but they'll still do it because nothing's really going to happen. Imagine, can you imagine what, what shape we would be in? Not even just amongst our detractors, but even amongst our supporters, right? Amongst the National Pulse Artist Collective, can you imagine what the res- response would have been if we were caught lying about the things that the left is caught lying about? For instance, t- take, for example, the Officer Sicknick uh, narrative uh, immediately after January the 6th. You know, the New York Times and CNN had to issue corrections on, on that report. Can you imagine if we had claimed that, that Antifa had had murdered uh, a police officer in, in the US Capitol and then it turned out that actually he had had a stroke and it was it was not related? We'd be out of business and I, and I should hope we would be too. I, I would not want anybody going to fundrealnews.com and supporting us if we were lying to you. Right, but but that's what you're right. That's what they get away with, and they get away with it because I mean, look. I mean, I look at the Matt Gates stuff every single day, and I go, "Hang on a minute." All of these outlets have now had this these stories up on their website for three months, alleging that he sex trafficked a minor. No charges have been brought. Nobody came out and said that he did that. There's no on the record accusers of that. The only the only source that ever went anywhere with it was this chap who was trying to get at him down in Florida. Right, his former buddy, whatever I forget his name, um, and that's the only source that ever kind of made those allegations, and never on the record, by the way. Always kind of funneled it through to Roger Sollenberger over at the Daily Beast. He put a euphemistic headline on it, threw the Daily Beast paywall up on front of it, and then CNN regurgitated the lies on on television every night. It's been, ladies and gentlemen, I I, I implore you to take a look at this case again. Because we did, remember, we did like three months ago on this show. I went through every single detail of this case and I said, I'm going to come out on the other side of this thing, completely right about everything I'm saying, and look at it. It's three months later and not a charge has been filed and not an accuser on the record. It's outrageous. It's it's disgusting. Let's continue on because we're, we're, we're already 42 minutes in here. Let's continue I on. I know several of my colleagues are now reticent to talk out about anything now, this is an organized, I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you things that people with greater insight than I are convinced of, that this is an organized effort to be able to essentially discredit the truth. The truth has disappeared. And I mean, people who think that January 6th was a friendly visit to the gift shop at the Capitol, I mean, come on, it's complete distortion of reality. So when you're saying it's an organized effort to discredit the truth, and especially about you, um, do you have proof that they're doing that? Do you just watch? So here he is on a podcast that he, where he's bemoaning people making false allegations against him, where he's bemoaning being drawn into a political fight, um, even though he's very well happy to have political fights. Uh, his career has told us that. But then, in addition to that, Natalie, he brings up January the 6th. This is where you talk. Flailing. He's just no, just grabbing at straws. No, but I, I think what's really interesting, and this narrative that Fauci always says, which is don't politicize the science. Don't politicize the science. And mm. I know I've said this many times, but I, well, and I'll say it again. The Chinese Communist Party was first to politicize the science when they started using military-linked researchers at all of their labs. But setting that aside for a second, mm. I think something that, we did a story on a few months ago, but I don't think we've uh, washed, rinsed, and repeated it enough. But yeah. as Fauci's standing up there lamenting the politicization of science, 
and even while he was doing it, make no mistake that his family members were donating to the campaigns of Joe Biden, right? His wife was donating to Joe Biden, and in the years prior, she was donating to Hillary Clinton. Obviously, both candidates were in direct opposition to Donald Trump. And the same goes for his daughter, the one that works at Twitter, also the platform that seems to be censoring anything that goes against her father's recommendations. So I think that that's just this other element of, if you want to call it cognitive dissonance, or just not being aware, or willfully lying, I think, frankly. Um, But, you know, don't stand up there and tell us that science shouldn't be politicized when your family is is actively contributing uh, to the campaign of a president that you're supposed to be advising. And, and I also think it's great when, when he says there's this, you know, concerted effort, this massive effort from people with, quote, greater insight than I. I'm curious who that is. Maybe it's Francis Collins or George Gao. But I mean, there's an organized effort. There's an organized effort to to defend him and to protect him. Whether it's big tech, Mark's, Mark, not Mark Zuckerberg, uh, from the mainstream media, from, from Democrats. And I I was going through Twitter today and I saw a clip from um, it was from Bill Clinton. It was when he said, "I do not have sexual relations with uh, Monica Lewinsky." And mm. I think that the, what you're seeing with Fauci is it's I did not have scientific relations with the Chinese Communist Party in the sense that. It's such a lie and it's so provably false. And that's effectively what he said when he was sitting up there with Rand Paul. He's like, no, my my agency, my NIAID, uh, we didn't fund the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We didn't do anything dangerous there. We didn't collaborate. He even says in the podcast, oh, I don't even know Sher Jung Lee. <laughs> you know, buried the lead that you headlined a conference that she spoke at in 2017, about two months before you lifted the ban on gain of function research. But I mean... Yeah. Is that believable that they don't know each other? Yeah. Mm, no. But... I, I just think that Anthony Fauci, he, he acts like people linking him and his agency and this grant money to the Chinese Communist Party is some like far off conclusion and this far fetched idea. We only got those ideas because we read the grants that your agency gave to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I mean, it's not like we drew this out of thin air when you read the way that the grants read even peter doshak's word you, you know it was quote u.s taxpayer dollars helped us collect the bat samples all sixteen thousand of them that now happen to be missing um but i just i don't understand how he stands up there and and has the ability to to just blatantly lie and say all these people are crazy remember it was only two weeks ago that he said during an interview i think it was with chuck todd when, when pressed on the Facebook email back to the beginning of the podcast, he says, quote, I have no idea what Martha uh, Blackburn's talking about. Mm. And he played that video about how Martha Black, uh, Blackburn was like, oh, well, Fauci was emailing with Mark Zuckerberg, Mark rather, uh, to, to, you know, right. cover up the origins of COVID and to figure out and to not really, to not figure out where this virus came from. And then two weeks later, now he's divulging every single thing in that email. So it's, it's I mean, it's flip-flop. Fauci, but it's that on steroids, and it's not just on the origins of COVID nineteen. It's not just on the treatment of COVID nineteen. Um, it's on all of it. Um, maybe I missed something here. Maybe you already said this, but yes. have you taken a look at the COVID nineteen commission website today? The Lancet. One? Yeah. No, I haven't. If you go into their commissioners, I mean, this is happening in real time, ladies and gentlemen. If you go into their commissioners, Dr. Peter Daszak, President Echo Health Alliance recused from the commission that's a natalie winter's scalp i think thank you i think that is a natalie winter's scalp in real time ladies and gentlemen that news is breaking right now um (laughs) thank you 
<laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Pretty big scoop. Well, we got to get that up on the site, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so we're probably going to have to terminate this thing. You're going to see the the news be made in real time here. So you're going to probably have to terminate this podcast pretty, pretty shortly. Anything else to add before we uh, before we conclude and write this story that needs to be written immediately? I will do this so quickly, only because I've told myself that we need to make Jeffrey Sachs as famous as Peter Doshak. He's the person that runs the Lancet COVID Commission. He put Peter Doshak in his position of power, Ooh. and Jeffrey Sachs is just as compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. He's actually a former advisor for Huawei. He's worked with various United Front organizations who seek to amplify the direct propaganda line of the Chinese Communist Party. So Peter Doshak has and been the chair of the commission yes and he's the guy in charge so he is the next person i think that we need to make famous pretty amazing all right well ladies and gentlemen you just heard news being broken in real time um natalie's going to get this story up as soon as possible peter dashuk scalped by natalie winters say that again metaphorically yeah if you want to support our work, more work like that, more scalps like that, and more scoops, head on over to fundrealnews.com. Fundrealnews.com. I want to say thanks to our new members, Gerald, Bon, or Bonnie, Susan, Dave, John, Matt, John, Nelly, or Nell, Rita, Graham, Jeffrey, not Sachs, um, Ira, Daniel, Leonardo, Cheryl, Juanita, Jordan, Darlene, Stephanie, Alec, Paul, Maureen, Karen, Karen, Marie, Leslie, Michael, Gary, Matthew, Janet, Allison, Wendy and Brian, Angela, Pamela, George, Joe, Jean, I like to say Jean, Joseph and Jan, thank you so much for joining, supporting Real News. It's www fundrealnews.com and we'll see you again for the next show thanks for listening